Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. let the feelings of being rejected or forsaken torment you for another moment. For I am with you. I am in you through salvation. I'm upon you through the power of my spirit. I'm with you through the word. I'm with you through an angelic force. Do not let the enemy lie to you and say unto you that you have been forsaken or rejected in any way. For this day I pull you close to my heart. This day I pull you unto myself that I might release unto you a confidence and an awareness of my presence in your life. My presence to do good and to bless and to cause that which concerns you to turn toward the blessings of God. So rejoice today that you've not been forsaken. You've not been rejected. No, you've been accepted and received into the things of the Lord. So tell the enemy to leave you alone and you'll see that he's been a liar from the beginning. For you've never, ever been far from my thoughts nor my hand, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. What a great word. Hallelujah. In your Bibles, you can turn to Romans chapter 5. We're going to conclude our teaching on the principles of faith. Next week, we're going to begin on faith a series what I call Faith in Action, when we go into the Word of God and actually pull out different things, different events, miracles that Jesus performed, other things that others believed God and entered into. You know, the Bible is a documentation of a lot of people receiving things from God. Amen? I mean, a lot of people receive from God, and God made it pretty easy. I'm surprised that so many people reject God today and reject His power when the book that He left us reveals so much about what He desires to do. I don't see how anybody could preach a passive God. Amen. You know, I don't see how anybody, I, I, I just don't understand how you can say, well, you know, we, we, we have the Bible and whoo, look at all the healings Jesus did, but He doesn't do that anymore. And look at all the power of God in the book of Acts, but they don't, God doesn't do that anymore. And look how David killed Goliath, but He don't kill giants no more. You know, I mean, come on, church. Would you, you, if you were a salesperson, you had a product like that, you think you could sell it? <laughs> Some of you business people know what I'm talking about. I mean, if you had a product like that, that boy, it used to be something, but now it's nothing. You get, would anybody buy into that? Well, no wonder the church butts its head against the wall so many times. But I got good news. The Bible says, the book of Hebrews 13, Jesus is what? The same yesterday, today, forever. That means 2013 Galveston Island. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 5, therefore, verse 1, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We could stop right here on that one scripture and wreck a lot of theology. You say, what do you mean wreck a lot of theology? If you have peace with God... He will not give you cancer. 
If you have peace with God, he will not bankrupt you. If you have peace with God, he will not put depression on your life or addiction into your life. Peace with God means peace with God. And we do, the entire earth has peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, but not everybody has accepted it yet. That's why we're busy about the master's business. Amen? But now notice, we looked last week at what the therefore was there for. We saw talking of Abraham or speaking of Abraham that he was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. He was not weak in faith. He considered not his own body now dead, being about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, but was strong in faith, giving glory. Everybody say, giving glory. glory. Say it again. Giving Giving glory to God. So we saw that Abraham was actually caught up in a 20-year process. Now, I don't know about your own life, excuse me, a 25-year process. I don't know about your own life, but if you come to Island Church, we are in a process right now. We've been in a process since the day we begun the church. But we're in a process right now of believing God for land and for building. And we are in that process by the Word of God under the direction and leadership of the Holy Spirit. I haven't gone out looking for, you know, which bank could lend me how much money or if we could find a benevolent millionaire that would give us this or that. No, we've just prayed. We've just believed God knowing what we're uh, doing, what we know to do. Amen. But we are in a process of persuasion. And I want you to know the moment we are persuaded of the reality of what God desires to do, God will perform. We've been in this building quote program for almost a couple of years, I think a little over two years now. And you say, well, how long is it going to take? As long as it takes for us to be persuaded is how long it'll take. But when we, we began it, look how much has changed since we began the process. We started believing God for other things. We believe, actually, I thought it was pretty neat. We believe God for a tent. Everybody say a tent. Yeah. Now we have a tent. Amen. And it's paid for. But see, God always does does things exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or think. So with the tent came the chairs. With the tent came the sound system. With the tent came a bus. How many remember, how many remember, I remember uh, many times David, he would make the requested prayer. Pray for the tent. Pray for the tent. We didn't have no tent. Let's thank God for our tent. Thank God for our tent. I just want to thank God. We didn't have no tent. So we didn't have no tent. Thank God for the tent. David will say a prayer. Thank God. I want to pray for the tent. Pray for the tent. Now we got the tent. Now we got the chairs. Now we got the sound system. Now we got a bus. Because the process of persuasion was complete and God performed. Amen. Now, that's going on with us corporately now when it comes to land and building. But what's going on with you? Healing, prosperity, blessing, breakthrough, deliverance, whatever you're believing God for, you may be in that process of being fully persuaded. Well, how do you do it? Live in the promise of God. Just stay in the promise. What has God said? What has he spoken to you? What does his word say to you? And allow the process to take place and then let God perform it. Let God do it the way he desires to do it. And I guarantee you, he'll do it exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. So remember when we began this teaching 
All of the different principles we've talked about. Number one, faith pleases God. Without it, it is impossible to please him. Number two, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The word of God is the source of faith. I thank God for inspiring testimonies. I thank God for what everybody else has received. I thank God for what I've received. But still, the only way faith comes is by the word. God's word has the ability to convince you of the reality of what your senses say you do not have. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Amen. Then we saw number three, the primary way in which faith is released is through confession. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart, as ye have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. How did you receive Christ Jesus the Lord? You believed in your heart, you confessed with your mouth. The sum total of who you are and what you have is what you have believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth. Remember we studied, that is not a Christian principle, that is a human principle. Amen? Then we studied the act of faith. There comes a time in which you believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth in which you must act on what you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. We talked about don't do it with assumption. Don't do it with presumption. Don't do it because grandma did it this way or because Uncle Billy stomped his glasses in the carpet and got healed. Don't give away a bicycle expecting to get an airplane because you heard some preacher say they gave a bicycle away and got an airplane. Amen? No, do it according to what God speaks to you. You're his sheep. Everybody say, I'm his sheep. I hear his voice. Another I will not follow. Wait till you hear from God. Then we talked about after you say, well, pastor, I believed in my heart. I confessed with my mouth. I acted on the word of God. What do I do now? Now it's time to stand. Everybody say, stand. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, having done all, Stand. We stand armed with the armor of God. God has equipped us to stand. He's equipped us to stand against doubt, against unbelief, against temptation, against anything that would try to steal the victory away from us. God has equipped us to stand. And nothing about the armor of standing in faith is defensive. It's all offensive. Amen. Then that brought us to last week. We started talking about glorying in the Lord and rejoicing. How you've got to get it on the inside of you. You've got to make a decision. I believed I received. And you've got to respond accordingly before the pain ever leaves, before the money ever comes in the mail, before anything ever happens. You've got to get to the place where you rejoice in the Lord. Are you with me? Therefore, being justified by faith, verse 1, Romans chapter 5, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace. Everybody say this grace. grace. Wherein we stand. There's our stand again. Wherein we stand and rejoice. Everybody say rejoice. Rejoice. Now shout. Let's try that again. And rejoice. In the hope of the glory of God. Now notice this. By faith we have access into this grace. Now, we've saw, we saw last week, obviously Abraham gloried in what God said. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Every time he looked down at the sand, 
he was reminded of the promises of God. Every time he looked up the stars, he was reminded of the promises of God. God changed his name from chief shepherd to father of many nations to remind him of the promises of God. He kept himself surrounded visually with the promises of God. So you've got to understand, God wants you surrounded with his promises. They will fully persuade you. Then in his glorying in God, he accessed the faith to go through the faith process so that time would not steal the blessing of God from him. Amen. By faith, we have access into this grace. You need grace. Everybody say grace. grace. You need the grace of God to go through the current trial, trouble, trouble, tribulation, whatever it may be. You need grace to go through it. Everybody say through it. Grace. Therefore, God gives you this grace when you begin to, verse 3, glory in your tribulation. Not for your tribulation, but in the midst of it. Now, think about this for a moment. There are three dimensions, not three dimensions, but three literal geographic areas you can access by being resident here on planet Earth. First of all, there's the planet, Earth. Everybody standing on Earth? Everybody been to Earth? Standing here? Most of us are clothed, necessary. Amen. I mean, I, if I went outside, had to spend too much time outside today, I'd get me some more comfortable clothes. Thank God for air conditioning. That's why I, wear, I can wear a suit. But, you know, if I went out and had to spend much time uh, outside today, I'd find my flip-flops. I'd find my surfing bags. And I'd find my T-shirt. Amen. My sunglasses and my hat. Now, there's another place just right down here a few miles. A few miles. A few feet few yards. You say, what? Well, called the ocean. Now, if you want to spend much time in the ocean, you better clothe yourself with something else, especially if you want to spend time under the ocean. You're going to have to clothe yourself with what? Well, you might have to get some, some frogman gear, uh, 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 what are those things called? Diving suit, uh, you know, whatever it is, you can spend time down there if you are equipped. Are you with me? Now, go the other direction. Come out of the ocean and go up into space. I know there's been several times I've been on airline flights, especially going over to Europe or over to Asia, and we'd be way up 33,000 feet in the air, and they'd be running those statistics on the screen about how far it is to where we're going. And, and, and then it'd show temperature outside, 40 below zero. I'd think, mm -mm, I hope they don't open the door. <laughs> so if you go very far into space, you're not going in your flip-flops. You're not going in your Bermuda shorts and your Hawaiian shirt. You're going to have to be clothed with something else to help you live in that realm. God wants you to live in the realm of faith so he clothes you with grace. So that you might be able to live in the realm of faith. You say, well, faith is God's stuff. Faith is not human material. Faith is God material. Faith is God stuff. Don't you know, in order to live in heaven physically, you couldn't do it in your current physical body. God's got to resurrect your physical body and make it glorified for you to even stand in the presence of God. So don't you know or understand that these other God attributes, these God characteristics, these God powers that God lets us live in, that we must be clothed with other stuff of God in order to operate in them. So he gives us grace so that we might walk in faith. Amen. So therefore, we get to verse 3, what says, we glory 
in tribulation, which means in order to access this grace, we've got to walk past the point in which the circumstance, the problem, the situation is telling us how to behave. We've got to behave according to what the Word says. If the Word says you're healed, you've got to act it. If the Word says you're blessed, you've got to act. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, I'm just throwing my crutches. No, I'm talking about you worship Him. You thank Him. You glorify Him. You magnify God. You exalt Him. You act like the physical manifestation has just happened. You act like that all the time. I told the early service, I was listening to a preacher this week on the radio. He was giving an account eight years ago of being in a doctor's office. And he said the doctor just kept on and on with this report of what was wrong with him. He was going to have to have this heart surgery. He's going to have to do this. He's going to have to do that and all this. And he said he sat there and sat there and sat there. And he said the more he said it, he said he could just feel the weight of the words just, just beating him down. He said out of his spirit came these words. You liar! <laughs> he said the doctor looked back at him. He said I looked at him again and said you're a liar! He said the doctor kicked him out of the office. He said, but when I said that, something went off on the inside of me. He said, when I walked outside the building, I felt the healing power of God fall on me. He said, that was eight years ago, and I'm healthier now than I was eight years ago. Now, we don't, we don't call doctors liars. Amen. We don't call bankers or people like that. No, no. It's the circumstance. It's the situation. You've got to make a decision to glory in your tribulation. You've got to become a spiritual bully in the spiritual realm. What a bully does is a bully will come up and hit you, sucker punch you. He'll hit you to see what your reaction is. Because if you give him the right reaction or if you telegraph to him your fear, your intimidation, he will jump on you and beat your brains out. But if a bully hits you and you square your shoulders and smile at him... He knows he's fixing to be in a fight he's going to lose. Amen. Listen, your adversary wants to know you're not afraid of the fight. Your adversary needs to know by your action. He doesn't want to know. He needs to know. Amen. By your action, by your worship, by your praise, by you glorying in tribulation. I mean, when the doctor looks across at you and says, it's cancer, you ought to put your hands up and say, no, in the name of Jesus, it's healing. When the banker looks across the desk at you and says bankruptcy, you ought to put up your hands and say, no, my God supplies all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus and just kick your chair back and get up and dance a little bit. You say, people will think I'm crazy. They already think you're crazy. They see your car parked out here on Sunday morning. They know you're not in the dollar store. The bank is closed, Amen. Might as well go ahead and convince them. Yeah, you've lost your mind and got the mind of Christ. That in a tribulation, a trial, a trouble, or a temptation, you're going to glory. You're going to let what's on the inside of you dictate to you what to do. We're all in this drama called life. There's two directors. There's one called the devil. There's one called God. The devil say an action. God say an action. You decide in whose theater you're going to play. Because whatever one you play in, that's the one you're going to get. You play in the devil's arena, you're going to get all his junk, all his stuff. But you get over here and God says action and you start glorifying, magnifying, exalting, praising God, saying, well, you still feel that. You can't deny how you feel. Yes, you can. You can look at the facts and deny them if you've got the truth. 
You can look at the facts and say, I don't believe them if you've got the truth. You can look at the facts and say, liar, if you've got the truth. I hope this is helping you. I got a temporary crown in my mouth, so if I spit all over you, just, just get healed. Amen. It's the reign of heaven. We glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. We looked at this last week. Patience, cheerful endurance with consistency. Remember your lesson from last week. What do we do when we run into our friends and neighbors that come to church with us and they hadn't been in church in six weeks, hadn't been in church in a month, and they meet them on the street? Where have you been? Well, we've been going through something. So what, would, what did we tell anybody to remember? Stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> what we liken it to? Too hungry to go to Kroger. Yeah. You got money? I got money. Got money? Yeah, I got, got, got money in my checking account, cash in my pocket, credit card. But I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry. Well, why don't you go down to Kroger and buy some groceries? No, too hungry to go to Kroger and buy some groceries. <laughs> now, you'd think that was just absolutely idiotic, wouldn't you? Well, that's idiot. To say something like, oh, I'm just, uh, listen, I, uh, we're just going through some things. We're going through some things so we can't come to church. Listen, the church is what gets you through it. Amen. Just like Kroger's is what feeds your hunger, church is what gets you through what you're going through. Amen. So, no, no. Listen, we said it last week. If you've got to come to church in your robe and your pink fuzzy slippers and sit on the back row and cry the whole service. At least you're doing something to progress you through what you're going through. Not only that, we glory in tribulation knowing that tribulation puts patience to work. Now notice this, and patience experience. Everybody say experience. Listen, this is your spiritual resume. God wants you to have some experience in victory. Some of you just need to start thinking about the past. About how God answered your prayer in the 80s. How you thought it was all over. How you weren't going to make it. And there wasn't going to be any way to get out of it. And God got you out. And in the 90s, how you thought, well, that's the end of it. That's the way, I mean, the doctor said in 1995 that this was going to happen. And, that's, and here you are today, 2013. God answered your prayer. Some of you need to think about, you know, there, what was it? Y2K. Oh, I remember hearing all that kind of stuff. You know, pile up the bags of beans and rice. Get all this stuff. And I tell you, I almost jokingly, I almost jokingly refuted that. Made a lot of people mad. People, I mean, I had one person write me and say, you can't, you tell people that, and I'm telling you, on midnight of, of 1999, 2000, uh, year 2000, all the computers are going to shut down, planes are going to fall out of the air, nuclear missiles are going to be launched, and we're going to go into an ice age. And I said, not me. <laughs> Amen. Amen? No, Y2K did not happen. Amen. 13 years ago, we're still here. Yeah. We're still blessed. God answered your prayer in 2000, 2002, 2004, 2006. Answered our prayer in 2008. Rebuilt this church. Answered our prayer. Answered our prayer. That is our resume. Listen, when the devil gets up in the morning and says, now who are we going to send the demons to? And starts pulling up resumes. What's your resume look like? 
You ought to say, devil, look at the victory God's given me. Look at what he's done. Look what he did in the 80s. Look what he did in the 90s. Look what he did in 2000. Look what he did in 2002. Look what he did in 2006, 2010, 2000. Look what he did last month. God has blessed me. God wants you to have some experience in victory so that your experience can become that spiritual resume. When you look back on it, that's what gives you such confidence in God. You say, how do you know God can do it? Because he's done it over and over and over. And it's one thing to have the testimony of all those that went before us 2,000 years ago. It's another thing to have your own personal testimony of how God has blessed you, delivered you, kept you. Because that's what God does. He blesses, delivers, and keeps us. And he'll continue to do it. Build your experience. Then it says this. An experience, everybody say experience, experience, hope. And hope maketh not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Now notice this. Everything the enemy attacks your life with, he is trying to shame you and your faith. That's what he's trying. I mean, you know, here you, you, you get up in the morning, you got some symptoms in your body, and the devil, first thing he'll say is, look what happened to you now, Mr. Healing, Miss Healing. Uh, you have a little problem in your finances next week, he'll say, yeah, you shouldn't have gave that offering. Mm-mm, boy, you knew better than that. What are you going to do now, Mr. Prosperity? Miss Prosperity? A little depression or something tries to come. Yeah, they talk about the joy of the Lord is your strength. Where's your strength now? Where's your joy now? Where's your healing now? Where's your prosperity now? Come on, how many know the devil talks just like that? You get around those people talking about faith and, and God answers prayer. God doesn't care about you. God will forsake you. Listen, thank God for that word today. Wasn't that a great word? Woo, that was a good word. God doesn't care about you. He cares about the big preachers. He cares about the big. He don't care nothing about it. No, no. God cares about every person that dares to name the name of Jesus. Now listen. God's not ashamed that you've been attacked. I'm not ashamed that you've been attacked. Island Church is not ashamed that you've been attacked. Don't you dare get ashamed that you've been attacked. That's just pride, and pride always causes you to be jaded. Pride will jade you every time. Say, well, I, I really don't know anybody knows what I'm going through because I'm, I'm telling you, I'm just so ashamed. I'm so ashamed. I'm just so ashamed. See, that's the, that is the absolute Satan's tool trying to get you from the victory that God says belongs to you. He's trying to shame you. I mean, I've had things happen in our lives where I've told you, I hope nobody finds out about this, and then I end up having to preach about it. <laughs> so if you're a preacher, you don't get to hide nothing. One of these days, you're going to have to tell about the victories of God. Amen? I mean, I don't think there's anything we hadn't preached on or told about. Amen? Right, yes, yeah, she'll tell you. <laughs> Some things we've tried to keep private, keep quiet. We're just going to go through this on our own. Nobody's going to know. We'll keep it. No, no, God's not that way. God's a public God. God wants you to shout it from the rooftop. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of what I'm going through. I'm not ashamed. Sure, the doctor said. Sure, the banker said. Sure, the lawyers have said. But I'm not ashamed of any attack that has come on my life. Because you hide and watch, devil. God will get me out of this. He'll get the glory. And I'll preach the gospel from the weapon you tried to form against me. Because shame will tell you, shh, quiet, shut up. 
And what happens is that begins the hardening process. That's when you begin to get jaded. You know what jaded people are? People, people that are jaded are like, eh, I've heard all that, man. You know, I, I don't really need to hear that anymore. I, I just, you know, they've been preaching that for 40 years. I want something new. Fresh. And that is, that's right. That creates a real danger because somebody brings something stupid. I like people that don't get jaded by what they're involved in or how long they've been involved in. I love to preach. I love, every time I come to church, I'm excited. Every time I come to church, it's just like the first year I was in the ministry. Every time I get to go someplace and preach, I'm so excited. It's like the first time I ever got to go. It just excites me. And everything else I'm involved in my life, I keep all that. Listen, opening day of duck season, it's like the first time I ever got to go. I can't even sleep. You can ask Lee. I don't even sleep. I get in there on the couch with my big old Labrador, and I put my arms around her, and we stay there and wait for the alarm to go off. We both keep watching the alarm. Three o'clock yet? Three o'clock yet? Now nah, let's get up anyway. We get up anyway. We're going duck hunting. Oh, boy. Amen. I still like to go surfing. I've been duck hunting for 35 years, surfing for 40 years. I see the surf come up. One of them storms bring a storm swelling. I'm like, let's go. What are we doing today? I act Leah say, what you going to do today? I don't know. What's the surf doing? I'm not jaded. I meet people that are jaded. Every area of their life gets jaded. Don't ever let it happen when it comes to your walk with God. Keep it fresh. Keep it new. Keep your heart tender. Why? Don't ever think that what you're going through is a shame. That's the devil. Hope maketh not a shame, which means your expectancy of escape takes the shame out of the element. Takes the element of shame out of the equation. Because if the devil can keep the element of shame in there, He'll mess with your mind. Hope maketh not a shame. Now notice this. There's a reason. Why? Because the love of God. Everybody say the love of God. Say it again. Say it again. Now what? The love of... Can you tell me a more powerful force? Can you tell me something that is more powerful than the love of God? Within the love of God is His saving power. Within the love of God is His healing power. Within the love of God is His delivering power. Within the love of God is His ability to do the miraculous, to change everything that is wrong, to do anything that cannot be done. Within the confines of the love of God is the ability to face the impossible and say, God can do it. And the love of God is what? Shed abroad. Yeah. When have we ever seen the term love of God when it was not active? Amen. Let me say that again. When have we ever seen the term the love of God when it was not active or something that was being released towards you? For God so loved the world, he felt good about himself. For God so loved the world, he put three more stars in heaven. For God so loved the world, he put a beautiful island out in the ocean. Well, that wouldn't do us any good at all, would it? No, for God so loved the world, he what? Gave. God's love is an active force working on your behalf when? Everybody say when. When you do what? Go to the word. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. Faith comes. You begin to speak it. Thank you, Father. I believe I received my healing. The Word says, and off you go. Then you act on it. Then you stand on it. Then you do what? You begin to rejoice. Right in the midst of your tribulation, right in the midst of your trial, right in the midst of your trouble, you begin to say, Father, I thank you so much. 
It's mine in Jesus' name. I don't believe the report of my body. I don't believe the report of my doctor. I don't, I don't believe the I believe your word. Because what you believe is what you will respond to. Let me say that again. What you believe, what you actively believe, that is what you will respond to. And when you make the decision, I believe the word. I believe I'm saved. I believe I'm healed. I believe I'm delivered. I believe I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I believe I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Thanks be unto God that calls me always to triumph in Christ. When you begin to say and act and stand and rejoice in those realities, what do you think God does? He unleashes heaven. He unleashes heaven. Every good and perfect thing starts coming down from the Father in which there is no shadow. He's full of light. There's no variance of turning. That means no matter where you turn the light, you can't get a shadow. There's no shadow in him. It's all light. It's all life. It's all blessing. It's all faith. It's all hope. It's all healing. It's all joy unspeakable and full of glory. I'm telling you, that's the way God wants it. That's the way he has designed it. And that's the way if we make a decision to walk in it, we access that grace by glorying in our tribulation. Patience comes in and you say, well, how long have you been going through this? doesn't matter. I'm going through it. And then your times of glorying in your tribulation is like stepping on the accelerator and going through it at a much faster clip. I've heard people say things like, well, y'all don't know anything about going through anything. And preachers, they don't know anything. About, they, just, they just get up and preach, and, and God just blesses and blesses them, and blesses them, and, and then we got to live out here in the, in the world. Listen, listen. You ain't got no idea. You have no idea what we have to go through. But I can give you an indication. The more you see us kind of just sit there, you wanna, I'll tell you, here's, here's how you tell when you really don't need to be really pressing in. You need to pray for your pastors all the time. But here's how to tell when everything's okay. Here's how to tell when everything's okay. We're just praising God, worshiping God, praising Him, singing the songs, preaching the gospel, laying hands on the sick. You want to tell when we're going through tribulation or trial or trouble? She's telling you right there. You want to tell how, that's how you know when your pastors are going through a problem, a situation, circumstance. You say, well, you'll hear us laughing. You'll see us running. You'll see us dancing. You'll see us rolling on the floor. You'll see us going through all kinds. You say, well, that, that, that doesn't seem right. It is right. That's how you go through it. That's how you glory in the midst of a tribulation. You don't need to do it when the check comes in the mail, when the pain leaves your body. There's no necessity of that. Faith worships, praises, glorifies, magnify God before the pain ever leaves the body, before the check ever comes in the mail. Faith glorifies God. That's why so many people, they get so stoic. That's what religion, it becomes so, so stoic. It takes all of the glory out of serving God. But let me just, let me just paint you a picture. We'll close. How's my time? Oh, good. I did good this morning. Sometime you ought to think about heaven and what it's going to be like. In heaven, there will not be a lot of bell ringing, quiet, repose, 
hands folded. There's going to be a lot of screaming. There's going to be a lot of screaming. There's going to be a lot of running. Did you know there's going to be a lot of running? There's going to be a lot of dancing. I was reading, I was reading a book. What was that book we had about that lady that spent so much time in heaven? She talked about, uh, she went to, a, went to a meeting where Paul preached and, and someone else preached. And there were about, she said it was just this mass of people there. And then Jesus got up and preached. And when Jesus got up and preached, about 10,000 angels started running around, running around. He said he only preached for about five minutes and the whole thing just exploded. <laughs> That's going to make some religious people uncomfortable. Amen. I mean, you know, here you get to heaven and you run into your grandmother that you love so much, your mom that you love so much, a loved one that you love so much, a friend that you love so much, and then there they are and you're just greeting and you're, and you're weeping and you're rejoicing and, and praising God and then there's Jesus standing over there. Now what are you going to do? You're going to just bow. Oh. Heaven is a radical place. There's praise. There's worship. There's created. Listen, there's beings with eyeballs all over them. Did you know that? That have all these wings and eyeballs that all they do is fly around the throne and praise God. That's all they do. And you stand there going, Jesus said, pray this. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He wants a shouting church. He wants a running church. He wants a laughing church. He wants a crying. He wants a church in which all the emotions are are caught up in the drama of what God's doing and submitted to that. Now, just the opposite of true is true in life. All of the emotions of mankind are caught up in this drama called life. And that's why there's so much sadness in the world, so much heartache, so much depression. Uh, I, was, see, I saw a statistic the other day about how medicated America is. My goodness. We consume, out of all of the opiates produced, America consumes 95% of the world's productions of just opiates. Legally. Legally. Pain medication. Oh, wow, oh, oh. Why are you in such pain? Because the doctor said, the banker said, I hurt. I need something to help me. Well, I've got something for you over here. I've got something called a gospel. (laughs) Amen. And it doesn't take but two or three of them. And you get under the influence of that. And the Holy Ghost gets working on the inside of you. And the Word of God starts rising up. And you can start looking at the devil and saying, Liar, liar, pants on fire. I'm not going to be sick and die. I'm not going to be broken, go under. I'm not going to be depressed. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Hallelujah. Well, I've preached and my tongue hurts. So. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I got a new gold tooth coming, so I just thank God for it. It's paid for. Hallelujah. 
Don't you love the Lord? Lift your hands up and begin to just thank Him today. Thank Him for His goodness. Thank Him for His grace. Thank Him for His mercy. Thank Him for faith that comes from His Word. Thank you for strength in your life. Thank you that you're not going under, you're going over. Thank you that you're going to be blessed of the Lord in every area of your life. Glory in the midst of what you're going through. Thank God for all of His goodness. Bless His holy name. Hallelujah. Hands down for just a moment. Every head bowed. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.